Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spicker. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 1110 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. David, hello, my friend. Hey, Rob. How are we doing today? We're really good. Yeah, we are in alignment in a lot of neat ways because this is episode 24, the last episode before 2024. Wow. And we did not plan that. We just kind of stumbled right into it. That's awesome. <laughs> it bodes well. I don't know. I think I think it, it sets up kind of nicely for the end of the year, t- tying a bow, tying a bow on our first 24 episodes heading into 2024. More in sync than we even realized. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Was it the saying about a blind mouse getting the cheese every once in a while? That's a good description of us. I'm circling it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was a direct quote, but I'm circling it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, our final episode of the year. This feels like the right episode as we round the, the plane headed for home for the, the Christmas holiday and Advent to talk about one of our favorite subjects. You ready to talk about rest? I am. It can be a four-letter word in some spaces, right? Absolutely. And we're pushing past that taboo, and we're gonna we're just gonna name it and lean into it. So, David, let's shall we? Let's let's untie the ribbon on this present that we're giving to our audience. Why rest? Why this episode at the end of 2023? And why is rest specifically such an important concept for leaders? Well, the simple answer is that we desperately need it. We need rest. I think we probably mentioned this before as we we did this through the the Thrive series of the podcast when we talked about our health score being the lowest when we evaluate leaders through our Thrive assessment, that it's rest and health is usually the lowest score uh, because we are, as leaders, incredibly busy. We're not just busy physically, but we're busy emotionally. There's a lot of responsibilities on our plates, a lot of things that we're holding on to, carrying, not just at work, but also in the other aspects of our lives, particularly our families, depending on the season of life that we're in. And so we need rest desperately. And it's difficult for us to figure out, for some of us, how we're going to do that. And to do it in a way that makes sense, given the responsibilities on our plate, given the culture that we're in, given the competition or the nature of the work environment that we're in, and the need for us to keep pushing. So it's one of those topics that we find people we work with to lean in the most, because we can tell Hmm. it's really a felt need that they have. Can you talk a little bit about just even your own story, David, with your relationship to rest and what this has looked like in your leadership specifically? Because I think it would be really helpful for our audience to hear your personal story and how you've really wrestled with this concept as you've led. 
Yeah, so this came to a head when I was in leadership at Jobs for Life. The organization which I led was a part of for 18 years. There was a time where I was with our board chair and he looked at me and and said, you need a break. And I said, what? What do you mean? He said, you don't look good. (laughs) And, you know, a true friend. Yes. Yeah, someone who speaks truth in your life. (laughs) And he said, we're going to give you a sabbatical. I was like, whoa, a sabbatical. And on the one hand, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They want to give me a sabbatical. On the other hand, I reacted by saying, oh no, is it that bad? Mm. And what was going on with me at the time was I was really having trouble sleeping. At various seasons in my life, I've struggled with sleep. But in that particular moment, it's pretty acute where I would get to about Wednesday in a week and start waking up at three o'clock in the morning and just not be able to go back to bed. And by the end of the week, I was just a zombie. And I was waking up mostly because of the anxiety that was feeling in my leadership, primarily related to sustaining the organization, making sure that we had enough resources to take care of our team. All the issues that were coming up related to, you know, normal leadership of an organization. And it had gotten to me so much that I was, it was weighing so heavily on me. I didn't realize how much, but it started to show in the way I was looking and acting. And so our board gave me a three and a half month sabbatical which was an extraordinary gift. I had no idea what that would mean for my life. It allowed me to step away and to do the things that would refresh me. My board told me and held me accountable not to work at all. This was not a time for me to go off and write. This was not a time for me to go off and think about the future and do strategy. It was just simply a time to rest and do only the things that would give me life, which was amazing. I felt a deep sense of encouragement, support, affirmation with that, to be able to still have my job, but have the freedom to do things that allowed me to have life. Were, was was tremendous. But on top of that, what happened more significantly was all the things that I worried about, the things that kept me up at night, miraculously, they got done <laughs> while I was gone. Believe it or not, I wasn't the center of the universe. <laughs> Believe it or not, my team didn't need me. Hmm. Believe it or not, I realized that I was more of a of a bottleneck to some things, and actually, I wasn't trusting our team or even trusting God hmm. about what you know His provision for our organization and and the fact that I was stewarding the work that He had put together. Hmm. That was a lesson I desperately needed, and so when people you know come and you know, talk about a sabbatical, I perk up and want to help them think through, even business leaders. You know, it seems impossible for a business leader in this day and age to think about taking a sabbatical. They feel like they're leaving their team, they're letting people down. 
they're being able to go and experience, you know, fun things while their team is back working. And what's interesting about that is my team really wanted that for me. And they stepped up to make things happen, to give me that gift as well. And it empowered them more than I ever would have imagined. So that when I came back, it didn't make sense for me to get back into making decisions that they were, had made for three and a half months. That worked out fine. And so my work dramatically changed once I came back because I ended up doing the things that only I could do as the leader of the organization, got out of doing all the things that I shouldn't be doing. And I began to really trust and empower my team and they loved it. And we grew significantly Hmm. after that time. I think it's a powerful example of your own story and just experiencing what it's like to taste authentic rest in a way that enhances not only your leadership, but elevates your team as well, right? Like, by going down, you go up. There's some there's some kind of deep truth there that wasn't all that well said. But I, I'd love to dive in even more deeply into that, David. Thinking back to your your leadership, you mentioned you know there were things that you were doing that you really shouldn't have been doing in your leadership that 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 really reversed for you. Can you unpack the why behind your even thinking when you think back to your mentality and your psyche in your own leadership and how you viewed leadership? before you took the sabbatical, and then kind of conversely, post-sabbatical, what changed for you in the way you viewed leadership that made you go about it a different way when you came back? Yeah, so pre-sabbatical, I carried everything, sometimes physically, most of the time emotionally. Like it was all on me to make things happen, and I needed to come and perform as a leader and make everything right and direct everything, et cetera. And post-sabbatical, it was exact opposite. It was, I'm a steward of this. I am about building a team. I'm about investing in them and their lives and their work to make them even better than me that I'm not the linchpin of this. I'm just a cog in the wheel, just like everybody else, and have the opportunity to to steward what we have together. So it lessened the burden for me that all of the responsibility is on me, and it Mm -hmm. created more a shared environment where this was us, not me, and that we could do this together, and that I didn't have to have everything together. I could have the freedom of having bad days or not knowing the answer and asking for help. Um, and that's, you know, key part of good leadership is asking for help versus thinking that we always have to have the answer. Mm. And I think probably if I were to summarize this whole thing, I would say I started to begin to understand what it means to work out of my rest rather than rest from my work. And let me explain that a little bit. Uh, I hope it's a sticky concept for our listeners. Working out of our rest versus just resting from our work. Working out of our rest recognizes that we're, we're at rest because of what God, Jesus, has done for us, that our future is secure, that because of what he 
has done to pay for our sins and to forgive us and to justify us so that we can have life and life eternal to be a part of his kingdom, then everything is okay. We're secure. And it's real easy to miss that understanding of our place and our position as those who believe in God, believe in Jesus, versus you know being frenetic and not feeling that sense of security and working ourselves to the bone every week, thinking that we have to achieve and measure up and accomplish things, and then just collapse at the end of the week like I did, as I described. So when rest is first, we have this sense that, you know, we can have lower anxiety. We don't have to be so busy. We can pay attention to details. Rest and sleep becomes more natural. I think about how to spend time with hobbies and other things outside of work because I know those are the things that give me life. And I'm not so frenetic that I cut those things out. Of course, we have seasons where that's impossible at times, but we have to be really diligent about putting the things in our life that allow us to rest, A, because we need it just personally and emotionally, spiritually, but also if we're going to be the best at our work, we got to be able to be there and rest. When rest is last, like when it's, you know, we just rest from work then we're exhausted. We're stressed out. We have a high anxiety. We can't keep up with anything. We hold on too tightly to things. We can't let go. We can't take vacations. We meet with so many leaders who are afraid to take vacations because the amount of emails that they're going to have when they get back to work or even taking a day away. And, you know, they don't want to do that because they'll get behind. So how do you take vacations where you turn off your email and you're not distracted and you know that every everything's going to be okay? Our prayer life suffers. That's that's a really good indication of whether we're at rest or not. It's how much are we praying? If our trust is in ourselves versus our trust in God, then then our prayer life should be much more a part of our our day than it is when we're trusting ourselves and and trying to just get things done. We're, we don't feel like we have time to pray. So that's a lot to say, but those are just some big ideas of how we begin to understand working out of our rest versus resting from our work. Mm. It's really powerful. I love it because what you're describing is really a, a change that can and should be physical, but it is also maybe much more so than you know the amount of sleep you're getting or how many days off you're taking a year and analyzing that kind of in a black and white than it is a posture. You know, working from rest is a heart posture that you can carry into work and be working and, and a posture of rest, really, because of how you're viewing yourself. And even as you're describing, it was, it was so convicting, even personally, to think about my own leadership journey and the work we do with so many leaders where I feel like there's this trap that you've identified, David, of performance. And what I mean by that is people typically in our culture elevate to roles of leadership because they're really good at what they do and they have an incredible work ethic and they're achievers and they're they're gifted individuals that 
can cast vision and really work hard to achieve goals, but there's a trap there in that those same giftedness, if we put the weight of our identity in that, then it actually cripples our ability to ever stop because to your point in your pre-sabbatical days, right? Same was true for me. You just, it's all on you. So you can never, you can never slow down. You can, and even the way you treat failure in yourself that then manifests in the way you treat others when they fail, it kind of is this strength that can turn corrosive of performance depending on the weight that we put on it. And so what I'm hearing you say is really this spirit and posture of rest that almost frees you to be the the type of performer that elevates everyone around you versus something that is really sinking a ship <laughs> and, and bringing others down with you. Yeah. You know, thinking back to my experience, I didn't realize how much I was modeling that too, <clears throat> so that people around me felt like they had to work like that too. Mm. You know, I, I was emulating this, you know, frenetic work environment and achievement. And as leaders, you know, I remember thinking, I've got to work hard so my people will work hard. And if I let down, they'll let down. And, you know, there's a fine line there, right? I mean, you've got to do your work. We're not saying just completely overlook that. But again, it's our posture and how we're doing it and what gives us security and what's really success in all of this. So it's a, it's a fine line. And, you know, in our culture, our work culture, we are expected to work a lot and we have to fight against that. And that's tough when you're in an industry that requires you to work a lot or you have a boss who's requiring you to work a lot. What do you do with that? It's a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Well, David, I'd like to spend the last couple of minutes on a couple of things. One, you hit rest in your book really in a powerful way, unpacking the story of Zacchaeus. And we're not going to we're not going to do that here, but I would encourage people to pick up a copy when it becomes available this spring to be able to read through how you've laid it out. But I want to be able to make a bridge here between not just rest and leadership, but rest and just leadership. You know, in your book, you quote, you're saying just leaders are leaders who rest. Being at rest is actually the foundation of a just leader and thriving as a leader and being just can never flow from a restless heart. There was a time in my life where that would have hit and I would have been really surprised by that. And maybe for our listeners who might not usually associate rest and justice together, you know, this idea of the stakes being so high, how can we stop? Can you just speak to that when it comes to how you've grown to see a really deep relationship between rest and justice? Yeah, this goes back to the posture thoughts that you mentioned earlier as we begin to put together what it looks like for people to be just in our leadership, we, and I'm, I'm speaking out of my own experience, it was really important to make sure we're not approaching this idea as if we're the savior, like we're coming in to solve all these problems and we have all these solutions and we come and we attack these issues. It's uh, all on us. From a place Still. of power. Yeah. Yep. that we in and of ourselves have. That's just not the way we're wired. Not That's not how God has set this up. And so, first of all, we have to recognize that God has, has given us this gift of being justified, that through what Christ has done on the cross for us, not because of anything that we've done, 
he justifies us and his grace is what fuels us. It, it gives us the strength. It gives us the posture to know that because of what he's done, we've experienced a just God, but he took the penalty for us. And so because of God's grace, we can then be just. And that's the only way we can do this. And so then we, we, it doesn't mean that we go slow. You know, resting doesn't mean slowness necessarily or a lack of urgency as we fight injustice or brokenness. But if that work is going to be effective and sustainable, it has to come from a place of deep soul rest for us, a spirit of rest that anchors us when we fight all of the winds of injustice that are Mm. so challenging. Mm. I mean, when we're asking leaders, business leaders who haven't been thinking about this to then consider what it means to be just, that means we're wading into the deep end. And a lot of us have had experiences of that over these last years with all of the fraction and disagreement and just the hard places that we've been to engage with issues of justice. And most of us just would rather phone it in. So in order to be able to withstand this and to persevere and have the strength, we have to understand those realities come from a deep soul rest in order to engage in this effort. It's almost like what you're saying, Dave, is identifying the foundation of all work whether it's justice work or trying to be just at work, right? In the traditional sense, has to flow from this posture of deep soul rest to really be whole, for us really to be whole in the work. And honestly, to then be able to offer wholeness to others, right? Because you're not going to be able to, like you said, your team was becoming you because more was being caught than taught. Do we want to replicate wholeness? Do we want wholeness to permeate? the work that we do, whatever type of work it is. Right. I love that term. So on that note, what's the bottom line for our listeners heading into 2024, David, around rest? Well, the bottom line for today is I want to encourage you guys listening to think about having a rest plan and even a rest plan for 2024 as we're closing out the year. And what do I mean by rest plan and, and getting off, building off of what you just said, Rob, you know, in order for this to happen, you have to be diligent, you have to be intentional, and you have to have a plan. Mm. So my question is, how are you going to rest in 2024? Uh, For us in our leadership groups, we require everyone to create their own personal rest plan. And I'm going to give you mine as an example so you get a sense of what we're talking about. So for me, this is what my rest plan looks like. Go to bed before 11 o'clock each night. Now, I don't do that all the time, but I know. <laughs> the occasional if, Tar Heel game on late. Yeah. That, or I go to bed at 8. Yeah. I know that when I go past 11, I just don't sleep well. It's yeah. just kind of the way my body rhythm is. So try to go to bed for me in the tens. I do not send work emails or make work calls on Sunday with the reason that I don't want other people to work. There are times when I need to get ready for Monday and there might be some things I do to get ready for Monday, but I don't want other people to feel obligated to respond to me on a Sunday for a work-related thing. I, I commit to exercising five days a week, evening walks with Alice, my wife, bi-weekly dates with her, 
a regular time playing the piano. I grew up playing the piano, so I try to find time to play the piano. I take a solo trip to the mountains of North Carolina once or twice a year for two nights, just me hiking by myself. It's it's something that really recharges me. It's a way for me to pray. This is when I do think about planning and thinking back, uh, stepping back and thinking through what's next for our company, for my family, things like that. An annual getaway with Alice, a annual vacation with our family, our, our four children, and then just regular fun time, just being intentional about having time with friends. I love attending support, sporting events, concerts, things like that. So just being very intentional about that. Those are the things that give me life. Those are the things that make me rest. Yours may be really different, but I would encourage you to come up with practical things that you're going to commit to do or just have on your radar, put up on your mirror to give you a guide to what it looks like for you to rest in 2024. That's great. I love that it gets this practical and that it doesn't matter how many bullet points are on it, right? But this idea of what produces deep soul rest for you and go pursue it and know how critical that is and foundational it is for your leadership in 2024 and beyond. And even if this, and there's never too late to begin this, no matter where you are on the journey with rest. That's right. Well, we'll see you next year. Talking about next year for our listeners, we are, we will be taking next week off and practicing our rest plans. And then we are picking right back up first week in 2024. And we're excited to continue on this journey. So we'll see you next year, Dave. Thanks for having to learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11, then spelled out T-E-N leadership.com. That's 11-T-E-N leadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.